0: China just cut its key mortgage rate by the most ever. Now, this is important since it shows Chinese authorities are becoming increasingly desperate. And the reason they're becoming increasingly desperate is because this hints at deeper problems with Chinese banks. The five-year loan prime rate was lowered by 25 basis points to 3.95%. Not only was that the first cut in the rate since June... It was the largest cut in the five-year LPR since it was introduced way back in 2019. And it signals a change in stance by the government. Beijing does not want to lower rates. They keep saying that confidence is the problem, not fundamentals. So to project confidence, they think they gotta do as little as possible. But the more projecting confidence doesn't work, the more officials are forced into taking these bigger steps. And even Western bank cheerleaders and economists aren't really buying it here. According to Bloomberg just last night when the LPR was announced, China ramped up support for the troubled property sector with its biggest ever cut to a key mortgage reference rate. But it was met with a muted response from investors raising expectations that more aggressive measures to support the economy will be needed in the months to come. A bigger cut may boost housing sentiment in the near term, Though this unlikely marks a turnaround in the property sector, according to Alex Liu, a macro strategist at TD Securities in Singapore. And that's the point that we keep coming back to. China does something and it doesn't work, which hints at more aggressive measures down the road, which doesn't work, which hints at more aggressive measures down the road. And we keep moving further and further down the road without anyone to stop and ask the question, why aren't these measures working? What is really the problem here? And the problem starts in the property sector, but maybe it has spilled over into the banking sector too, because there are issues that go farther, much deeper than just consumers and households not wanting to borrow in order to purchase properties. And the, the overhang of properties that need to be purchased, especially in smaller and lower tier cities, gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Assuming we have any idea whatsoever how big that is, And we've heard some really jaw-dropping statistics from former officials not long ago talking about maybe more houses than the entire population of China could potentially even inhabit. There's a huge overhang of properties, and yet prices are only modestly moving lower as authorities keep trying to hold the situation together. But as we keep coming back to, it isn't working. The more China feels it has to do, the worse you know it actually is becoming. In addition to the five-year LPR, which was lowered by 25 basis points, Chinese banks, because the LPRs are supposedly set by banks and then published, the LPRs are then published by the PBOC, not without substantial consultation from authorities at the central bank, um, rarely do the LPRs do something that the Chinese authorities aren't on board with. We saw that last August, and what was a weird uh, period when the Chinese government lowered the MLF, which is what these are supposed to be based on, and then there was a there was a shift in the one year and the five year, and it was a complete it was a complete fiasco. So you have to wonder what's going on here with the one year loan prime rate, which was held steady at three point four five percent. Meanwhile, the MLF, which the PBOC announced last week, was holding steady 2.5%. Instead, what we're seeing is with the, with the targeted approach to the five-year LPR, Chinese government is trying to play both sides. They're saying, we're still projecting confidence in the economy. We believe this is the fundamentals, but we need, we need to acknowledge that there are problems in the housing sector. Therefore, we're going to signal our support in the mortgage space by lowering rates in a way that any Western central banker would immediately recognize. There isn't going to be much of a direct impact from the lowering of the five-year LPR because in China, most refinancing and resetting is done at the beginning of the year. That would have already been done in January. Therefore, the, five, the lower five-year LPR, that's really about new home buyers and getting them into the marketplace and March is traditionally the, high, the biggest month for home buying in China anyway. So what the authorities are trying to do is signal that they're supporting the property sector by trying to entice a bunch of new home buyers to purchase properties at the height of the 2024 season. But who's, who are they aiming these signals at? Because quite clearly the five-year LPR is a signal. We hear you, the property sector is a big issue. But who are they actually sending this signal to? It's not just first perspective for first-time home buyers because it has to be much more that first-time home buyers are not going to bail China out of its property property sector problems. In fact, again, that's one of the reasons why Western analysts have become a little bit more pessimistic about it. Another one, Louise Liu, lead economist at Oxford Economics. The size of today's move also reveals, in our view. A genuine concern among Beijing policymakers that the incremental slow drip of policy easing implemented thus far has had little impact. Again, that's because it's all been signals thus far. China wants to project confidence, but projecting confidence just isn't enough. This is something that has come up repeatedly over the last couple years, and it's something that we've gotten way too familiar with among Western central banks, and that is what they call transmission of monetary policies because monetary policies, certainly in the West, have less to do with money and most and they're mostly focused on these types of signals. We lower interest rates and don't think about how lower interest rates are supposed to stimulate anything, just trust that we're stimulating the economy, the property sector, borrowing, credit, banking, whatever the case may be, and act accordingly. It's a signaling policy. Interest rate targeting is a signaling policy. And even though in China, the five-year LPR is set by tw- the panel of 20 banks that, uh, that are going to the survey, we know that it's in consultation, as I just said, with the PBOC. So it's as likely a much as much a signal as anything else. And yet, the rate cuts that have happened so far, the increase in so-called liquidity provisions to the MLF and other, uh, other parts of the uh, PBOC's monetary policy apparatus, as I've discussed in recent videos, that isn't having an effect on China's banks either, raising this question about transmission. A recent study that was published in China even said, the transmission efficiency of China's monetary policy has attracted much attention from the public recently. I don't know how much it's in public, but at least I think in China they mean public as in outside the government, because the more the Chinese do, the less it seems to have a positive or any impact whatsoever. So China does all of this monetary stimulus and nothing seems to be stimulated, which again, sounds incredibly familiar. Another study that was published last year, which I can no longer find online, which is kind of strange, but it said basically, uh, uh, the China's monetary transmission mechanism, that has become impaired since the pandemic. The severity of the problem is illustrated by the absence of sustained recovery in the credit impulse, which is defined as the ratio of new credit flows to the system as a share of GDP. This key economic leading indicator remains weak despite rounds of monetary easing. Again, it sounds incredibly familiar. It sounds just like a Western central bank. The central bank does something. The media cheers for it. Results are usually non-detectable. So we have to ask, what is going on in China that even those outside the government are now questioning the transmission mechanism of Chinese PBOC policy? And the answer comes back to the banking system. Just like in the Western economies, it's all about banks. When you have banks doing their thing, it appears as if central banks are the most incredible and powerful institutions on the planet. And when banks are no longer doing their things, suddenly central banks were talking about their transmission mechanism and how clogged it must be. And the fact that we're talking about that in China, at least some people are, and wondering where are the results of all of this stimulus, it shows that something is indeed wrong in the Chinese banking system. This is something we've already come back to time and again in the actual statistics. In the total social financing statistics, for example, We see that aggregate financing to the real economy in January, 2024 in uh, numbers that were just released last week. And I went over these previously. They show that again, the government, the central government issuing bonds to fund their own fiscal stimulus plans are basically the only credit game in China at the moment. Despite repeated efforts, when we talk about just RMB lending and RMB loans, it's just not there, which raises even more questions than, than we're already trying to answer here. Because Chinese banks aren't necessarily private institutions, especially the big policy banks. They're called policy banks for a reason. Yet the policy banks aren't acting in the same way in which Chinese authorities would like them to. So you have to wonder what in the hell is actually going on that China is starting to look more and more like Western systems, Western banking system and central banks that are just hanging in the breeze, with all of their policies coming up empty time and time again. Again, when, when banks do it, when they do what they're supposed to do, central banks look terrific. And when banks don't, central banks are scrambling for answers. And that's where we are with China, with their property sector. And so it comes down to the government trying to signal to whomever through the M- the LPR, And the LPR, which is supposed to be set by the large banks, you wonder how much the LPR signal was in opposition to what the banks were telling them. Maybe the the bank panel said, we're not really interested in lowering rates here because we don't really want to lend in the Chinese economy, or certainly we don't really want to lend in the Chinese housing sector. And yet the rate goes down anyway. Some more recent statistics on Chinese banking and the housing sector in particular simply put a real exclamation point on everything we're talking about here. The PBOC said that the outstanding stock of mortgages in China was down six-tenths of a percent year-over-year in the fourth quarter, and it was down on a year-over-year basis for the final three quarters of last year at an accelerating rate, again showing lack of transmission from policy through the last half of last year really last three quarters of last year, reopening really failed. That didn't work either. And it's not having an impact on the outstanding stock of mortgages all across the Chinese system. If that one is falling despite lower interest rates, which are supposed to be stimulus, it doesn't seem to be having any impact on banks. Is this a borrowing issue or is this a lending issue? That's what we keep coming back to while the Chinese wanna make it about a borrowing issue by signaling lower rates, and maybe that'll get, that'll kickstart some, some more demand for loans and therefore more, more demand for properties, we keep coming back to the opposite side. This is a lender thing where Chinese banks are staring at the situation and saying, despite the fact that we probably have to do what the government says at the end of the day, we're certainly not gonna do it willingly. We're not gonna do it in a huge amount. We'll do an absolute minimum here, but we're not going to continue to expand balance sheets and lending and risk because everything about the situation screams the opposite. Chinese banks, even the policy banks, aren't doing what policies are designed for them to do. So you have to wonder here what's actually really the problem in China. What is clogging the transmission channel across the Chinese banking system? Where it comes to the housing sector, we know there's a lack of demand for it. So that's certainly part of the problem here too. Um, Recent statistics from China Real Estate Information Corporation said that the value of new home sales in the 100 biggest real estate companies, those were down 34.2% in January from January, 2023. And supposedly that represented a 48% decline from December, which is a record low for recent years. So China's real estate problem isn't getting any better from any side. Banks aren't lending, borrowers aren't borrowing, buying isn't happening whatsoever. And I know most people say, okay, big deal, that's all China's problem. What should we care, if we're not in China, what should we care about what's happening there? Yes, it's, it's a bad situation, but it doesn't seem to be have it doesn't seem to be having any direct impact outside of China. Nor does there seem to be a pathway for it to have any future impacts outside of China. But, as I mentioned in yesterday's video, not only did the Federal Reserve in its in its most recent financial stability report repeatedly cite China because survey respondents repeatedly cited risks from China for risks to the United States. It was one of the most prominent risks in the FSR. Not only is that in the Federal Reserve's radar, we also are seeing more and more as liquidity problems, again liquidity problems, banking, lending, funding, liquidity problems from Chinese developers are becoming more of a visible issue to property markets outside of China. Bloomberg just earlier this month reported Chinese investors and their creditors are putting up for sale signs on real estate holdings across the globe as they need to raise cash amid a deepening property crisis at home, which trumps the risk of offloading into a falling market. The prices they get will help finally put hard numbers on just how much trouble the wider industry is in. And by trouble in the wider industry, they mean the commercial real estate sector that we are talking about now. Again, just to mention held a webinar on commercial real estate, put the numbers on it, some good news, some bad news, all that statistics. If you want to see the replay of our webinar, there's a link in the description below. Again, commercial real estate. And the more that there is forced selling, even from Chinese entities, the bigger the problem could be here at home in the United States or at home wherever you are watching me right now. Continuing from Bloomberg, completed commercial property deals globally sank to the lowest level in a decade last year, with owners unwilling to sell buildings at steep discounts. Regulators in the market are nervous that this logjam could be concealing large, unrealized losses, spelling trouble for both banks, who pushed further into bricks and mortar lending during the cheap money era, cheap money era, yeah, and asset owners. So again, if China's banking woes and funding woes are hitting developers such that they feel they have to offload foreign properties just to raise liquidity... That's not going to be just a problem for Chinese developers or Chinese banks. That's going to, be a depra- it's going to be a problem potentially for selling in U.S. commercial real estate. So going back to the beginning here. The more the Chinese government feels it has to do, the worse you know, it, you know it has to be. We know where there's a problem in China's property sector. And the fact that they targeted the five-year LPR, though we don't know exactly who did so, to a record drop in the interest rate, the benchmark but lending rate, suggests that authorities are getting increasingly nervous and desperate. Not understanding or having a, a real alternative to figure out what else they might do, they're attempting to signal to to the economy, to property owners, an attempt to to no longer portray confidence, but to now portray, we hear you and we're doing something about it. Just don't ask too many questions about what we're doing, nor ask too many questions about why we feel we have to do this when it hasn't worked thus far. What is really the issue with Chinese policy transmission? As it keeps, we keep seeing around the Western world, again, it comes back to The banking system has something substantially changed in the banking system over the last several years that means it's out of the game. And if China's banks are out of the game, what are the implications for China's housing, for China's economy, for China as a whole, and for a whole lot farther outside of China? There is a link in the description for the replay of our commercial real estate webinar that's available for you if you still wanna watch it. If you wanna see my last update on China's banking woes specifically, that's the video link below. As always, I thank you for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University members and subscribers. Till next time, take care.